happy to be here this morning. We're in Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter number 6. We're going to resume our walk through uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And so today we're talking about doing right wrong. To do right wrong. Uh, God, help us today. I've been praying this week that God would help us see ourselves as he sees us. Help me, uh, God. That's my prayer for me personally. God, help me to see me as you see me. Uh, And so, God, help us today as we open his word and look at uh, uh, doing right, wrong. As a child, I can remember uh, in our family growing up, uh, uh, we, Saturdays were donut days at our house, and uh, I still do donut days, but anyways, uh, Saturday was donut day at the house, and I can remember when I was a little, little kid uh, uh, going, and, and we, we went up to Dunkin' Donuts, and uh, standing there, and looking at all these donuts on a shelf, and, uh, and I remember thinking, man, that, that one, it was, it was a big circle with all the white powder on it, and, uh, and it wasn't even missing the middle hole, so it made it bigger than what the other ones were, and so that's the one I wanted, right? And, uh, and, and little did I know, I got home, and I bit into that thing, and all of a sudden, man, jelly filled my mouth. And I didn't know that that's what was on the inside. It didn't present itself in that way. And I was incredibly disappointed when I was a little kid. And so in that moment, I changed and I said, you know what? From now on, I'm going to get me a, a chocolate donut. And you know the chocolate donuts that are all the way through? In fact, I would tell my mom and dad, what do you want? I would say a chocolate through and through. And uh, that, was, that was my donut selection still is to this day. And uh, uh, chocolate through and through. Why? Because the same thing on the inside is what's on on the outside. And, and this morning, I'm just, we're talking about the subject of hypocrisy. Jesus Christ has been talking to the religious establishment. Uh, this whole sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, uh, Jesus is talking to Judaism, and Judaism to, to, to people who were Judaizers, and they had become what we would call an apostate religion. They had established a religion uh, uh, in such a way that we could attain righteousness, in such a way that we're going to focus on the externals. We're going to focus on what's happening on the outside and really neglect the weightier matters that happen on the inside. And so when Jesus comes along, Jesus preaches this sermon and it really shakes them to the core because he focuses and he says, hey, listen, it's not just about what's on the outside, but what's on the inside that counts. For Christianity, when you're talking about Christianity, the matter of, uh, uh, it's, it's all about a matter of the heart. It's what's happening on the inside. And, uh, and so he addresses here in chapter number six, three areas of hypocrisy. In fact, in, in chapter number five, we have a transition that happens between five and six. Uh, in chapter number five, he's talking about relationships. And then in chapter six, he's talking about religious hypocrisy in the areas of giving and of praying and of fasting. And so this morning, we're in chapter six, beginning uh, with this first area of giving. Matthew chapter six, beginning in verse number one. The Bible says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be honored by men. Truly, I say to you, They have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will 
reward you. And so this morning, Jesus Christ has been talking, and he's saying, hey, listen, I'm really, in fact, in fact, when you're looking at Jesus Christ and you look at the New Testament, you will find that he was really appalled at hypocrisy in the religious establishment. He was very much disgusted by people who were pretending to be something that they were not. They were looking at the outside and overlooking what was going on in the heart. In fact, he, he, he preached another sermon that's recorded in Matthew chapter number 23, and, and it includes eight woes, eight woes. Let me give you a few of those woes just to help you understand the heart of Jesus Christ when he's talking to people who are pretending to be something that they're not. In chapter 23 of Matthew, verse 23, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are the things you should have done without neglecting the others. In other words, he's saying, hey, it's not, it does matter what's happening on the outside, but really pay attention to a matter that comes from the heart. Verse 25, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they're full of robbery and self-indulgences. And verse number 25, uh, 27, he goes on and he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. And then down in verse number 33, as he's wrapping up, he says, You serpents and brood of vipers, how will you escape the sentence of hell? And you know, when I was reading those woes. There were eight woes. In fact, we didn't include all of it, and you can go back and read it if you want the full version. But hopefully this morning you got enough to realize and, and, and make a decision. And my decision this morning is I don't want to be a hypocrite. <laughs> I don't want to be... In fact, I was thinking about that, and I thought about the song. You know what? Vacation Bible School is getting ready to happen here in a couple months, and uh, we sing a song, and, and, and it says, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite, because they're not... If you're visiting with us, that's how the song goes. You're not hip with it. Why? Because I just want to be a sheep. Okay. <laughs> hey, if you really want the true version of that song, you've got to come to Vacation Bible School, all right? <laughs> but this morning, just talking about... I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite. And Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, helps us understand, hey, here's some ways that we can avoid hypocrisy. Verse number one, he says this. He begins with just saying, hey, make sure you live life to glorify God. Man, live your life to glorify God in anything and in everything that you do. The Bible says, beware. He says, pay attention. Be careful. Pay attention. Why? Because if we're not, what happens to us is sometimes we don't even know why we do what we do. You ever been there? I mean, sometimes, sometimes we just don't know why do we do what we do. And it's important that we pay attention. And God help me understand the motive of my heart. Am I here today just simply to impress somebody? Am I here today just because I'm supposed to be here today? Or am I here today because, man, God, you saved my soul. And I just want to know you and worship you beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. 
Now, when you're reading through the Sermon on the Mount, we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount. It's interesting because if you go back into Matthew chapter number 5, there almost seems to be a contradiction with what Jesus Christ has been saying. Uh, if you look at chapter number 5 and go back to verse number 16 as he's talking, he says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And then here he's saying, Hey, Practicing, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. It's a seeming contradiction when the fact of the matter is, anytime you come to a, a, something in Scripture that looks like a contradiction, just know that it's not. Uh, in fact, if you read it within its context, he's talking about two different subjects. He's talking, first of all, uh, about cowardice. He's saying, hey, uh, uh, don't be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's addressing a, a, a person who is walking in, in fear and shame of who Jesus Christ really is. And then here today, he's talking about the haughtiness. He's saying, hey, don't be a prideful person having others look at yourself. There's not a contradiction with what he's saying. In fact, when you're talking about the attitude of the hypocrite, the attitude of the hypocrite is I think highly of myself and I want you to do the same. He says, you know what the hypocrite is? The hypocrite is living life for the applause of men. That's really what motivates them. That's what drives them, the notice of other people. In fact, in John chapter number 12, John chapter number 12, the Bible says in verse number 42 and in verse number 43, John 12, 42 and 43, Nevertheless, many, even of the rulers, believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him for fear they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. And he's saying, hey, listen, be careful not to be a hypocrite. In fact, the word hypocrite is a word from which we get theater. In other words, you're playing a part. You're playing a part. There's a difference between one who's playing in a theater and a true hypocrite. In fact, it's interesting uh, to go to plays. I enjoy going to plays. We have, uh, in fact, we have a couple of college students that are involved in theater and, uh, and to go watch them in plays. In fact, uh, the, the most recent play that one was in, <clears throat> one of my college students who's a Big man came riding out on a tricycle. And, uh, and uh, I said, man, that's not him. <laughs> that's, that's not who he's supposed to be. Uh, but he was playing a part, and he was playing that part to entertain people. So the difference between someone in theater and, and a true hypocrite is, is, is they're playing a part, but they want you to believe that that's really who they are. In fact, when you're talking about a hypocrite, one of the problems we have with hypocrisy today is a redefining. In fact, we redefine so many definitions, it's ridiculous. Uh, but when you're talking about hypocrisy, because there's a lot of people that say, man, there's nothing but hypocrites in the, in the church. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, are there hypocrites in the church? Absolutely. There's all kinds of sinners in the church. And I welcome them, too. But when you're talking about a hypocrite, a hypocrite is not one who has a difference. Hypocrisy is not the difference between who a person is and who they aspire to be. That's not hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is the difference between who a person is and who they want you to believe that they are. That's hypocrisy. In fact, the Apostle Paul even said, not that I have attained all of this. In other words, I haven't arrived yet. There is a there is a little bit of a disconnect be between where God has called me to be and is calling me to be and where I am today. I'm still in this process called sanctification, and none of us have arrived. 
The hypocrite is the one that says, I have arrived, and they haven't. God, help us understand the difference, but, but hypocrisy is, is something that's detestable to the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, make sure when you live, you live life to the Lord Jesus Christ alone because hypocrisy is devastating to the witness of the church. It's devastating to the witness of the church. Lee Strobel, author of Case for Christ, <clears throat> was a former atheist who despised Christianity and was saved. But he made a statement, and this is what Lee Strobel said. He said, The people who chased me from the faith were cosmetic Christians. They had a skin-deep spirituality that looked pretty good on the outside but didn't penetrate deep enough to change their behaviors and their attitudes. I don't think anything repulses people like the hypocrisy of cosmetic Christians. And people want to see the real deal. And that doesn't mean that you're never going to struggle along the way, that you're never going to fail along the way. We will. We will. But own up to my failures. Own up to your failures. Be real with people. <clears throat> you know, there's nothing worse in the life of a family. There's nothing worse in the life of a family than to take your family to church and with your lips, praise Jesus when you're there. And then on Monday, curse like the sailor the rest of the week. Nothing more devastating in the life of children than to see moms and dads that are filled with hypocrisy, pretending to be what they're not. God, help us live life to glorify God. He talks about our rewards. We're going to get there in a minute, but... He, spe he specifically addresses, beginning in verse number two, to give, to give to the glory of God, to give to the glory of God. When we give, it's not about giving just simply for the getting. It's not about the giving so that I might be recognized by other people. It's just simply because I recognize that everything that I have and everything that I've ever had in my life has been a gift from God entrusted to me to be used for his glory, whether that be spent on me or somebody else. I'm just here to be a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ and to use everything and anything within my power to bring honor and glory to his name, to give, to glorify God. In verse number two, he goes on, So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. Interesting when you start talking about giving, <clears throat> because a lot of people struggle with this subject. Uh, uh, but, but the fact of the matter is, Jesus Christ says, hey, when, not if, when you give. In fact, Jesus Christ expects us as believers to give. You can't be a follower of Jesus Christ and not give. Y'all hear that? <laughs> you, you can't be, be. Why? Because Jesus himself was a giver. So how can I say I'm following someone, I'm like Christ, but I'm not a giver? You can't be like Christ and not be a giver. It just doesn't work. He says, when you Give. Jesus talked about giving. One-tenth of the Gospels, when you look at the verses and start counting them up, one-tenth of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are given to subjects of money. Why? Because we struggle with materialism. And nobody can love two masters. And so he addresses 
those things. In fact, when he saves us, he changes us, man. He wants us to be givers. I think of the story of Zacchaeus, for example. Zacchaeus was one that was all about the getting, all about the getting, all about the getting. Then he met Jesus Christ and said, man, I'm going to give. I'm going to give from this point forward. I'm going to be a giver. He changed his heart to be like Jesus. Acts chapter number 20, the Bible says it like this over in Acts chapter 20, verse number 35. The Bible says, and everything I showed, <clears throat> and everything I showed that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's an incredible blessing to be able to give. In fact, Jesus Christ, Jesus, in fact, the Bible says, Jesus said in, in, in John chapter 10 and verse number 10, I've come so that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And the only way we'll experience the abundant life is if we become givers ourselves. It's the joy of giving. It really is. And a lot of people don't understand that. They don't practice that. And as a result, miss out on what the abundant life is all about. And I'm not talking about prosperity giving. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm just simply saying I want to be obedient follower of Jesus Christ. And if I'm to do that, I've got to be a giver because he says when you give. And so God, help us to give. The giving that he's talking about here is almsgiving, uh, giving to the poor, giving to those who are in need, giving of food or money or clothing to those in need. He says don't sound a trumpet. Don't sound a trumpet. <clears throat> now there are some people that say, well, he's speaking... Uh, 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 literally here, uh, because some of the alms baskets had trumpet-like uh, uh, features on them, and they would clank their coins. Whether that be true or not, I'm not sure. I believe he's speaking more figuratively, just simply saying, hey, don't toot your own horn. Don't draw attention to your giving. Give, but don't draw attention to your giving along the way. He's appealing here to the motive of the heart. That's what the whole Sermon on the Mount is about. He's talking about motive of the heart. He's not talking about methods. He's not talking about externals. When you're talking about giving, for example, in Acts chapter 5, there's a story that we're all familiar with. If you've been reading through Scripture, uh, Ananias and Sapphira. You ever heard of Ananias and Sapphira? You ever heard that story, Ananias and Sapphira? <clears throat> Those two pretended to be something that they weren't. They pretended to give something that they weren't, and they were doing it with the wrong motive of the heart. They practiced the same method that everybody else was practicing. In fact, they were doing what they did because, man, Barnabas was giving as well, and people were really encouraged by the giving. But they went and did something out of ill motive, and they never even had the opportunity to leave the building. So when we give, the question is, Whenever you're giving, whether you're talking about giving when you come in and put it in a plate or whenever you're talking about giving to somebody on the side of the street, whenever you give, the question that each of us have to ask ourselves is this. Am I giving to show people what I do or to be obedient and to share with others that have need? What's the motive of the heart? Because the motive really does matter. The Bible says in Luke 14, verse number 11, Luke 14, verse number 11, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He says, don't sound a trumpet. Verse number three, he says it like this. When you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people that love that verse, <clears throat> and the reason they love that verse is because they say, man, 
I don't want anybody to know what I'm doing because I don't do much of nothing. <laughs> but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he says, don't let your left hand... What do, what do you mean by that? Don't, you don't have to tell everybody what you do. You don't have to go and tell everybody. Man, praise the Lord. And a lot of times what we do is we'll, we'll, we'll hide behind spiritual speak. And at the end of the day, it's the motive of the heart. God, help me understand the motives of my own heart. He's not forbidding, again, he's not forbidding the act of public giving. Some people look at that verse and they say, man, we ought never, never take up an offering because that's letting your left hand know what your right hand's doing. No, it's not. No, it's not. <clears throat> it's just saying, hey, I want to be obedient I want to give. You don't know how much I give or how little I give unless I tell you. In fact, the matter is, there are those that want to tell you. And that's what he's talking about here. <clears throat> Again, Barnabas wasn't forbidden from giving. In fact, the widow and her two mites gave in a public place, did she not? And Jesus Christ said, hey, you see what she just did? <laughs> it's a matter of the heart, not to tell everybody what you did. And, and, and I was thinking about this. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And I think about this, and, and, and I think about churches, churches now, church world. And for, for years, and in fact, in fact, even today, there are some that will practice this, that, I, that I, this is what I struggle with. When you're talking about not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing, I had the privilege of, 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 of preaching in a lot of churches when I was in seminary, and you go to these churches, and, and, and I can't tell you how many times I came up here to preach at a pulpit from one of these churches, <clears throat> and there would be a metal plate right here, pulpit donated by, and I would leave a chair down here, and at the end, you, you've seen them before, you walk down a pew, and all of a sudden it's like, this is donated by, and, and, and it's as if the church is saying, hey, we're going to let everybody know who gave. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, <clears throat> God help us not to be naming things after people. Let, let our giving just come and glorify God with our giving. <clears throat> motive of the heart. In fact, when you're talking about the motive of the heart, which is what he's addressing, the motive of the heart does, in fact, determine the reward. <laughs> the motive of the heart determines the reward. Don't let your left hand know. So, so when your giving is done in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. He will reward you. So, so the question is, why are we giving along the way? <clears throat> in fact, if you're giving, if, some, some, people, some people, if you're giving just simply for tax benefit, I mean, seriously, the IRS will give you credit. God won't. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's the motive of the heart. Why, why am I giving? Why do I do what I do? He says, if it's for the applause of men, then you have your reward in full. He's talking about a receipt that simply says it's been paid in full. Every ounce of your reward was paid when people took notice of what you gave. And by the way, if somebody else does happen to notice something along the way and you have not drawn attention to yourself, then don't feel like, man, they've just robbed you of your reward. I mean, sincerely, sincerely, that, that, that's happened. Um, that's, that's, that's happened. The, I mean, the, the Bible says, let another man praise you 
with his lips. And if, and if somebody wants to say, man, I praise God for the gift that was given. I praise God for the one that did this work or did that along the way. And I praise God for that. Just don't toot your own horn along the way. Nobody's robbing you of your reward. <clears throat> Just receive that. It's okay. Just don't toot your own horn. But don't give for the applause of men. <clears throat> Why? Because the applause of men is fleeting. Don't live for the applause of men. Don't give for the applause of men. It really doesn't last very long. I mean, it's amazing how quickly... <clears throat> I, I learned this lesson, uh, I learned this lesson, and it's, it's really not even a spiritual lesson here, but it's a practical lesson from this text. Uh, I had a chance to play at Florida State a long time ago, it was a lifetime ago, and uh, I, I, when, I, when I played at Florida State, I remember <clears throat> it'd take a long time to get from our old locker rooms to the stadium, because all the kids would come around you, and sometimes adults would come around you and, you know, ask for autographs, whatever, whatever, <laughs> and uh, a year after I finished playing ball, <clears throat> I brought my nephew to the game, and I was feeling so good about going back to my alma mater, man, I brought my little nephew out there, and I was kind of feeling good about myself, and then uh, somebody behind me that didn't have a clue who I was said, down in front, and in that moment, I was like, you know, last year, you'd ask for an autograph, <laughs> and now you're telling me to sit down? And it just hurt my feelings for a minute. But then I thought about that, and I thought, you know what? <clears throat> How foolish it is to play or to do, to live for the applause of men. It's simply fleeting. He's saying when we're giving, when we're living spiritual lives in such a way that we're just simply doing what we do so that others will take notice, <clears throat> he says, you got your reward paid in full. Matthew 10, verses 40 through 42. Matthew 10, verses 40 the 42 says, hey, he's going to take notice. Listen, he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of, righteous, uh, of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. What's he saying? <clears throat> He's saying, hey, listen, God will take note. And at the end of the day, you will never, ever outgive God. Uh, he will reward you along the way. I don't know how. I don't know how, but he will. He will. And he has. <clears throat> it's amazing when you look at God's blessings along the way. Uh, I was blessed uh, to live life in a Christian home growing up, and I'm thankful for my parents. Uh, we, we, my parents had five of us kids, and, uh, and later in life, Dad went into ministry vocationally and, uh, and left West Palm Beach and came up to, to Jackson County and uh, <clears throat> was a student and was going down to Brazil and didn't have any money. And uh, there was a day when I was in high school that uh, the cupboard was bare. And when I say the cupboard was bare, the cupboard was totally empty. And my folks didn't have anything uh, to feed the kids, uh, to take care of the kids. There was nothing. And uh, mom was weeping and praying. Uh, Dad was praying and uh, didn't know what was going to happen, how this is going to work out, what's going on. 
And uh, on that day, they uh, went out to the mailbox, <clears throat> and they received a check in the mailbox from nearly 20 years earlier. They were members of a church that was doing a capital fundraising campaign, and they had bought church bonds, totally forgot about those church bonds, just invested into the life of the church, didn't do it necessarily for investment's sake, but just to give, just to be a part. And it came time to pay them back, and they received a check at the right time in the right place, exactly where they were. You say, why are you saying that story? Because I believe that God and his sovereignty knows exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. And sometimes you're on the giving end, and sometimes you're on the receiving end. But we have a Father in heaven that knows exactly what we need, exactly when we need it. And he says, I just want you to be faithful, because it all belongs to me. You be faithful in the moment. Be faithful to give and to live for the glory of God. And so the question for all of us is this, am I doing what I do for God's glory? Am I doing what I do for God's glory? God help us to be faithful in that way. Would you do me a favor and join me for a time of prayer this morning? <clears throat> We're going to pray in just a minute. But I just want to ask a couple questions before we pray. As your heads bowed and eyes closed, just really want to know, do you have a relationship with God? Because that's where it all begins. That's where it all begins. When we get saved, the Holy Spirit of God comes and indwells within the heart. He begins to do His work on the inside. It's not about me conforming to laws and expectations but it's about his Holy Spirit transforming me from the inside out such that I can be true through and through today if you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ it's not his, it's not about your money man it's about your heart it's about your heart and if you've never surrendered your life and given the Lord Jesus Christ your heart, then you're missing out. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That God Almighty loves you and he loves me. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only Son into this world to lay down his life on a cross for you. He shed his blood for you. He died on a cross, was buried, and three days Later, he raised from the dead. He conquered death, and he's alive and desires a loving and living relationship with you. And if there's never been a time in your life that you've called on his name, I'm inviting you to call on his name today. All of us need him. All of us have sinned and fallen short of his glory. But he loves you. Brothers and sisters of the faith, are you living for the glory of God? Are you a faithful steward of what he's entrusted to you to be used for his glory? God, help us. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this day. I thank you for your love for us, for your goodness to us, Father. You have blessed us abundantly. 
and I want to be found faithful. God, I want to be found faithful before you. Search our hearts today, God. Help us to see what you see. Lord, that even the motives of our hearts would be pure and pleasing to you. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.